With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abebefe, on vSEN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line coming to you from the VEASAN studios here at the Circle Resort and Casino. We are presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe, Michael Lombardi is out in New Jersey. Fun first hour previewing college football week zero, and we will continue to preview week zero. Coming up in the next segment, our buddy Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata. He'll join us in 15 minutes, and then in 30 minutes, we'll get some preseason thoughts from Brian Baldinger. NFL network analyst who covers all things National Football League. He's always breaking down the tape with Baldi's breakdowns on Twitter. Check those out. They're a lot of fun there. Uh, He's a big Micah Parsons fan, so he's a big fan of mine. Anytime anybody likes Micah Parsons. So we'll get to that coming up in 30 minutes. But, Michael, let's discuss the preseason slate that we have today. So we have preseason football. We got week zero. It's a fun football Saturday. And we have four games. Count them. One, two, three, four. At 10 o'clock West Coast time, 1 o'clock Eastern. The jokes write themselves. I'll have the four screens rolling. Michael will be watching and taking oh, yeah, in everything. Oh, you got it. I mean, nobody can do it like you. I mean, shoot, we'll you got t- it. We'll Heck take yeah. it all in. Why not? Four and, screens. It's easy. And my man. He's piece of cake. My guy, Justin Fields, will be on the field for the Chicago Bears. So we will be breaking that down. Maybe I'll tweet you some updates as well, like last time. That went over really well (laughs) on Twitter. But uh, what are you looking forward to here before we get into the slate and and the the odds and all that stuff in the preseason betting here on this Saturday? Well, I think you got to be really careful. You know, again, you got the first thing you must do is determine what's happening. Are the Bills playing their starters or are the Bears playing their starters? If, if it's ones against ones, I don't anticipate the Bills playing their – they played their guys last week. Didn't work out so well, but that's what they did. You know, so I think the first thing you have to do as you enter these games is – what teams are playing is ones versus twos, twos versus twos. How are the coaches approaching this game? Clearly Chicago wants to play their guys. So they're going to get their team out there, see what they can do offensively. The bills may decide they want to as well. So that will be a great game. And then it'll settle into a, a regular preseason game where we'll see some of the backups. But to me, that's the most important part. I do the chiefs keep playing Patrick Mahomes. You know, they didn't play him. They did, they played him in the first two preseason games. They're going to play him today. I think that's kind of where I am. I'm constantly trying to figure out how teams work this. You know, I I like the Mike Tomlin approach, but a lot of it has to do, too, with injuries. Like, for example, New England had so many guys injured last night that they were better off just kind of backing off and playing and not playing their starters on a short week particularly. You know, when Mm -hmm. they played Saturday and now they're playing Friday, they got a short week, got to give players a day off, you know, all those things. So I think a lot of that goes into it. But, again, this is – level of comp who's playing in the game so we have like, some i'll give you one oh, the giants yeah. the giants are gonna play their backups and the jets are, and aaron Rodgers are gonna play today so <laughs> get ready for a lot of twitter highlights of aaron <laughs> Rodgers making throws oh yeah that's gonna be all over the place i'm excited for that one that's a three o'clock west coast kickoff there's six o'clock eastern over in the meadowlands the annual giants jets preseason game but we do have information though with these early games the bills will play their starters so they intend to play their starters so it'll be good on good Against for Bills versus Bears. That's why Buffalo right now is a three-point favorite. Totals at 37 and a half now. How long will they play? That remains to be seen. My guess is probably a couple series. Maybe we see them for a quarter or so, and then we let the rest of the guys go in there, and they continue for the Bills at least, that QB2 competition between Kyle Allen and Matt Barkley. But 
we will see, I believe, most of Cleveland starters here from what I'm reading. It looks like Miles Garrett and Nick Chubb will not play. So those guys won't play, but we're going to see Deshaun Watson. He'll be out there. We're going to see Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper. Those guys will be out there for the Cleveland Browns. No word on Kansas City yet. I've been searching Twitter right now to see Kansas City. I think some people are are guessing that the Chiefs might play their starters. They've played their starters in the first two games, so we'll see what happens later on this afternoon. But Cleveland will play a majority of those starting guys. Yeah, I mean, look, a lot of it is got to get, you know, Watson needs to play, right? One of the things we criticized last year was Watson wasn't ready to play. You know, so I think getting him in there, especially if Cooper's going to play, Moore's going to play, Donovan Peoples-Jones will play. I think that's really important, you know, and so they need to get that going. I'm not sure it's really important for Patrick Mahomes to play, but perhaps it's important for, you know, Taylor, the right tackle, the uh, uh, the, the left tackle to play, who they mm-hmm. just signed, Donovan Smith, who they signed from, from Tampa Bay. I mean, to get that line going is probably important. You know, Washington decided they're not going to play. Brissett's going to play a quarterback. We know the Bengals don't play anybody. So, yeah. you know, that's going to be a true preseason game. Same thing with Miami. I can't anticipate Mike Mc... – I mean, he played two a little bit last week. The, the, the Jaguars have been playing their guys, will they? I don't know about that. So I know the Raiders and the Cowboys, I think that's going to be a preseason game all the way. And in the Seahawks-Packers game, we're going to get starters from both sides. So Jordan Love is going to play. Geno Smith is expected to play. Of course, no Jackson Smith and Jigba for the Seahawks. He just went under underwent uh, wrist surgery, so he's not going to play. He's out for the next three or four weeks here. But uh, we're going to see starters in that game. But we are going to see – you mentioned the Dolphins, Michael. Uh, sounds like the Dolphins starters are playing. So we're going to get Tua versus Trevor Lawrence at least for a quarter or so. So that will be another interesting game to see in that regard. Uh, from a betting standpoint, yeah. I mean, it's just – it's so difficult because you see that starters are playing, but then how long will they play? Like, like that's like the key right. thing. Like with the Niner game last night, the Niners closed seven-and-a-half-point favorites against the Chargers because everyone's like, oh, well, Staley doesn't care about the preseason. The Niners are going to play their starters. But then – all right, Brock Purdy plays two series, then you get Darnold, then you get Brandon Allen, and then things get weird, and then all of a sudden the Chargers actually win the game. Yeah. and I mean, look, the Chargers make no bones about it. They were playing their backups, you know, when you – you know, I mean, Evan Stick was going to play the whole time, right? So, you know, you knew that was going to go in there. And, you know, Darnold got in and out. You know, he, what, he attempted 11 passes and, you know, six, and so that's what happened. And they got Brendan Allen, who needed the work. I mean, remember, Brendan Allen hadn't played a lot this summer, so they needed to get mm-hmm. him some work. But – you know, a lot of it, too, is game planning. You know, we talk about who's playing, but how much time are they donating to the game plan? How much yeah. are they really going to kind of get involved? You know, it's interesting. I was doing some work for the guide on, on the Chargers this morning, and last year the Chargers ran the ball 64 times in the three preseason games. Now, they lost all the preseason games last year. But this year, this year, after this game last night, They've attempted 94 running. Now, 41 mm. of them came last night where they ran for 267 yards, and, and they averaged 6.5 a carry. And what does that tell you? They want to get the game over with. I mean, they <laughs> wanted to get it over with, right? When you can run the ball, you can get that clock moving. So I know I don't know if that's telling of anything, but the one thing that is telling is they ran the ball more effectively this summer than they did last year. Last year, they averaged about 3.8 a carry. This summer, they were over six yards a carry. Mm. So maybe something that we could potentially carry over into the regular season, perhaps, with new offensive coordinator Kellen Moore, you know? It's- yeah, well, I mean, if he calls them, you know, I mean, that's always that's always the case, you know? And so how they approach this and what they try to do is going to be interesting. But look, look, the Chargers have to however they do it, they have to become a more physical offensive team. Mm-hmm. And they've got to be able to control the pace. And defensively, they've got to be able to stop the run. They were 32nd in yards per attempt allowed last year. They struggled to do that. They weren't great on defense last year. Now they added Eric Kendricks as the only player they added. The Chargers are counting on them staying healthy. They're counting on Joey Bosa being healthy. They're counting on Khalil Mack being healthy. They're counting on their roster showing up. Because last year it was hurt, a lot of it. Slater was hurt. Lindsey, the guard, the center was hurt. They're counting on health to help them through. And so I think that's where they're going. We'll ask this question to Brian Baldinger coming up in about 30 minutes or so. But, but who has really impressed you just from a team perspective and execution perspective throughout the preseason? Like non-Pittsburgh Steelers category. Because we've I feel like we've talked enough about the Steelers and how great that they've been and all that stuff. But outside of the Steelers, who's really kind of impressed you uh, from an execution standpoint this preseason? 
Well, I, I think the Raiders have been pretty good this summer. Their execution has been good. I think the Browns, I mean, Dorian Thompson, Dorian Robinson Thompson, I mean, he's been very good. Mm-hmm. You know, Aiden O'Connell's been good. I mean, and when you can throw and complete passes and you look like you've got some symmetry in terms of what you're trying to do offensively, that, that's a good thing. I mean, look, the Eagles put their backups out there against the Colts. They were impressive. You know, they were able to, to kind of hanker in there. And even when the Steelers substitute, they're still impressive. I mean, the Steelers, you can tell, have worked on pad level, have worked on conditioning. They're ready to go. Now, mm. you know, they're going to have to – the season's long and endearing, but they're, gonna, they're ready to go. So I think those are the teams. That's what I'm, you're constantly looking for is the execution. What does that look like and how is that? Like, I, I didn't feel like the Chiefs were – operating at the same level that they operated last preseason. You know, Mahomes mm-hmm. played last year. Yeah. And he threw 24 passes last preseason. This year he's thrown 17. You know, but last year he averaged 8.6 per attempt. This year he's down to 7-1. What does that mean? Well, I don't think they've been in rhythm yet. When you watch them on tape, the first two drives against the Chiefs, they struggled. You know, so you're constantly looking at how do I get practice execution to become game reality? You're trying to bring that along. And sometimes it just doesn't come about, right? you got too many injuries. You know, the Patriots offensive line has too many injuries right now to really get continuity going. And so it just may take a little longer than you expect. Yeah. You mentioned Aiden O'Connell. We're going to see him because it doesn't sound like Jimmy Garoppolo starting this preseason game against the Dallas Cowboys later on this evening. So uh, Aiden O'Quarterback. Aiden O Hall of Fame. (laughs) You might see a lot of Brian Hoyer, too, and you might see Chase Garbers, too. I I mean, I I think Aiden O'Connell has secured himself based on what he's done in practice Mm -hmm. and in the times he's had chances to play in the game. I think the Raiders feel pretty comfortable that he can be a serviceable backup to them. I'm not saying they're going to cut Brian Hoyer because I think they want to keep Brian Hoyer. But I think these are the kind of games where you're going to get the backups to come in and play. And for Dallas, look, you know, Trey Lance isn't going to play, but they're very unhappy with Will Greer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just read somebody sent me on Twitter that now the Cowboys have the best quarterback room in all of football. <laughs> okay, there we go. We got it. You know, but Will Greer probably, you know, Lance is going to replace Will Greer. Will Greer is going to have to play tonight. Cooper Cooper Rush is going to have to play tonight as well. Have you allowed yourself to get excited about Aiden O'Connell yet? No, because I think you got to temper everything in preseason, right? I think he's shown that he deserves – this is – to me, this is what I think people miss on Trey Lance. At some point, you have to earn the right to keep going. And if you never earn the right, there's a reason why you're not playing. You know, it's that, oh, well, he has never had a chance. Well, I mean, you do it in practice, you're going to do it in the game. Yeah. Like, that's why we take practice. That's why we watch practice. That's why we do all the work we do. We just don't rely on the games. That's why we lift all them weights, as Bill Parcells once said. Thomas, Thomas Gable joins us next year on the Lombardi Line. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. 
With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It is time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all of your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line, and we are presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi out in New Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in Las Vegas. Uh, Before we get to our guy Thomas Gable, uh, wanted to report for the Kansas City Chiefs, James Palmer of the NFL Network just reported that there will be no Patrick Mahomes, no Travis Kelsey, no Marquez Valdez-Scantling, and no Nick Bolton. And right now we are seeing the Browns get bet. Still three and a half here at Circa, but I'm seeing fours across the board for now the consensus number. So if you like Cleveland in this preseason game, which kicks off in less than two hours, you can go ahead and bet that now because no Mahomes, no Kelsey for the Chiefs. All right, let's talk some college football week zero with our buddy Thomas Gable, race and sportsbook director over at the Borgata TG. Hope all is well. Before we get into the actual games, I wanted to discuss this thing that came out yesterday about the Big Ten Conference and what this is going to mean for us as sports bettors because the Big Ten announced that they are going to have availability reports prior to all football competition this season, almost similar to an actives and an inactives list that we see in the NFL. It sounds like it'll be a couple hours before kickoff. Like As a bookmaker, like how does that kind of change your guys' process here in making these numbers? Because prior to this, the college football has just been the wild, wild west, and people have just been looking at what's happening in warm-ups, and then finally we see who's playing once we actually start the games. Yeah, it has, and I think it's a, it's a step in the right direction. The question is, is it going to be accurate? Is it going to be like an NBA injury list? You know, it, that's, <laughs> that's really I think, the, the question here. Um, you know, so while I think it's, it's nice and, you know, it'll, it'll help, um, time will tell if it's really uh, something that is worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, that's the hard part, right? And then, you know, if a starter's not playing, the problem with college is you have no history of the backup, right? Mm. So you don't even know if the backup might not be good. The backup might be great, right? You know, it's like, okay, Georgia loses their starting running back. Okay, he's on the injury list, but the backup might be even better, but he's been playing high school football and we don't know him. You know, we went through this exercise a couple of years ago when, when COVID-19 was going on, and you, um, you know, typically the betters had the information first on, you know, which guys – you know, maybe it, uh, you know, came down or tested positive uh, with COVID and, and were out, you know, before the books did. And, um, you know, it, injuries are always going to be a part of the game, part of the betting game. Uh, who gets that information first? And again, it, it's it's nice that the Big Ten is going to do this. Um, but, you know, again, more than likely you're going to even have the information before that uh, list is officially released. A lot of times, you know, the, the sharper betters have that information first. Yeah, it's information-based. We know college sports definitely operate that way. We're speaking with Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata. I'm curious to see if other conferences adopt this as well, the Big Ten being the only Power Five conference to do this. Uh, We'll see if the SEC, the Big 12, the ACC, and what's left of the Pac-12 follow suit. Uh, Let's discuss, though, college football week zero. Our first game kicks off 1130 West Coast time, 230 Eastern, over in Ireland, Navy, Notre Dame fighting Irish 20 and a half point favorites. We've seen movement come in on the under 49, now down to 48 and a half here. How are they betting it over at the Borgata TG? 
Yeah, I think m- most uh, most of the public is um, on Notre Dame here, and you're not seeing any 21s. Nobody wants to go to 21 in this game, and I think you're just going to take a take your chance here and uh, say that Notre Dame's not going to uh, to cover here by three touchdowns. But uh, I, I mean, the public's definitely on Notre Dame and laying that 20 and a half. The, the total is what's uh, been moving around here. Uh, it's gotten as high as 50 and a half. Um, we opened at 49 and a half. So now you're seeing some, some mostly 49, some 48 and a half out there on the total. The, the important thing to remember in this game and, and all of these games really with the line movement, you saw a lot of line movement uh, for all the week zero games this week, even though the lines have been up for uh, quite a few weeks now. And really that comes down to the fact that limits get raised uh, the, week, the week of. So, um, you know, groups who can move the market and uh, tend to influence the lines. Uh, when the limits get raised, this is when they feel like it's time to dive in and, and you know, at their position. So, and, and of course, the day of game, the limits get raised even more. So that's why you're seeing a lot of line movement here, especially in the totals. Uh, you know, some of these totals on, on these games have, have moved, you know, three, four points even um, throughout the week. So, um, you know, you've seen the favorites flip in, in some of the, um, the UTEP and Jacksonville state game, for instance, uh, that the favorite flip there beginning of August, uh, UTEP became the favorite Jacksonville state opened as a one and a half point favorite. And now today you're sitting here. UTEP is a two point favorite in that, um, again, that total has moved that, that total has gone up to 54 and a half. And, you know, this is Jacksonville state's first game as a member of the FBS and it, it is a conference game. And, you know, UTEP has their fifth-year quarterback, Gavin Hardison, returning, along with uh, wide receiver Tyron Smith, who he was targeted 122 times last season. So there's absolutely some continuity on the offensive side of the ball there for UTEP. Um, they will need to get better in the red zone this season. They were, they were one of the worst teams in FBS last year in converting in the red zone. And Jacksonville State, they run a very quick offense, almost the opposite of UTEP, who runs a very slow, deliberate offense. So. I think both offenses are going to be able to execute here today with some new faces on the defense. But the the total here, when we talk about these totals, it really gets into the rules change here with college football with the clock um, not stopping on first down, which anyone who watched college football in the past, they know that this was never really consistent from conference to conference and how much time would be lost. Uh, so, you may think totals will be lower or there's going to be less scoring because there's going to be less plays being run. Um, there's going to be adjustments though. I think from coaches this year, they're going to make adjustments because let's face it. No one wants to run less offensive plays. Mm. So they're going to maybe pick up the pace a little bit here too. So uh, it's something to watch in week zero for the betters. Um, you know, in, in terms of how many plays are getting run, uh, are, are the coaching staffs making adjustments playing maybe at a quicker pace uh, so they're not, they're not losing these plays. Um, and certainly again, you, you're seeing it conference to conference. Uh, you know, there'd be, there's, there's quite a few, quite a bit of difference there in the time and how much time would tick off uh, from conference to conference on first downs. TG, how about this Hawaii Vanderbilt game? Hawaii's traveling obviously a long distance to go to Nashville, Last year, it was the other way around, and Vandy was a 53-point winner in the game, and now the line's 17-and-a-half. Jick Jack was on earlier before you. He's all over Vandy. We had Tim Murray, who's all over who's all over Hawaii. Uh, where, where's mm-hmm. your position in this game, and what has your book been betting? So we've actually been taking some Hawaii money, uh, and I, I think, you know, when you looked at that game last year, uh, a lot of people remembered that. Um, because it was in week zero last year. and uh, But if you look at what Hawaii did, um, they did improve throughout the year. So, uh, you know, Hawaii overall, they, they are taking some money here. Even uh, some people are betting them on the money line. I mean, it's, it's tremendous, plus 625 on the money line. If you think they could win this game outright, uh, it, it is obviously a long road trip for them. But uh, anything can happen here in week zero. And uh, you you've seen the line come down from, uh, you know, Vanderbilt at one point was 18 and a half point favorites. They're now down to 17 and a half. So uh, Hawaii has been taking some money. 
TG, we got about a minute left. We're seeing some movement as of recently in this Ohio and San Diego State game. I'm seeing right now San Diego State still consensus two and a half, but some shops, they're down to as low as a one-point favorite. It feels like there's been all Bobcats yeah. money in the market throughout the week here. Is that what you guys are seeing at the Borgata? Yes, uh, definitely. This, I mean, this should be the most competitive game uh, on the slate today. Uh, but, yeah, it's been mostly uh, Ohio money and uh, you're seeing this uh, come down. And again, I mean, this is where day of game limits are highest and that's where uh, people are jumping in and uh, getting their position down. So um, not surprised here that we're, we're continuing to see some Ohio money. All right. He is Thomas Good Gable, luck. racing sportsbook director over at the Borgata. The Bobcats seem to be the hot side in the market. TG, thanks for it. all the analysis. Obviously we'll be talking all throughout this college football season, buddy, but be well. All right, thank you guys, and congratulations on your new third-string quarterback, Ben. <laughs> we didn't yeah, even get to he's, that. <laughs> he's really excited. He flipped already, TG. Don't hey, worry. Come I'm on. Sure he is. Hey, check out the latest GM Shuffle podcast. We'll, we'll break it all down on Monday, the Dallas Cowboys side of this thing. Shrewd, shrewd business move. Michael's over there smiling. He thinks this is funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, my goodness. Love uh, it. Speaking of the NFL, Michael, we have Brian Baldinger joining us next, NFL Network analyst. Baldy's breakdowns are always popular on Twitter. We're going to have him break it down, what he's seen in the preseason. On the other side, this is the Lombardi Line, and we are presented by BetMGM. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Throughout the NFL preseason, the VEASAN experts are busy evaluating every team to give you the betting edge. Our updated NFL betting guide is due out later this month and will help you get ahead of the upcoming NFL season with picks from every on-air host, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits, and football contest strategies. Become a VEASAN Pro subscriber today for as low as $19 and reserve your copy of the guide or take advantage of of our football season special and get access to everything we do through the Super Bowl for only $199. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line. We are presented by BetMGM. Michael Lombardi out in Jersey. Femi Abebefe hanging out here at the Circle Resort in Casino. We thank Thomas Gable, race and sportsbook director over at the Borgata, who joined us in the last segment here. And Michael. Femi, has it has it kind of sunk in? You've got Trey Lance. I mean, look at that quarterback room you have. I mean, has it <laughs> sunk in? I mean, you've got tremendous Twitter support. You can be Twitter Femi like never I before. Mean. <laughs> like, you're going to just – I mean, he could throw a – you could take that screen pass that Justin Fields <laughs> threw behind DJ Moore, and you can just expand that out to horizons we've never seen before. Well, this is really – this is a monumental day in a Cowboy fan world right now. i got to tell you. you got to be excited. You know, like you mentioned, maybe this is the greatest quarterback room in the history of the game. Many are asking that. You have a quarterback who's established in Dak yes. Prescott. You have a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush who's 5-1 and one as a starter. And now you have a former third overall pick, Trey Lance, who has been lighting it up according to some on Twitter. So what, we, we, week, we have a lot of depth to work with. What week are you predicting – what week are you predicting that the Twitter universe will be asking for Trey Lance oh to be the starter God. when Dak throws three interceptions in a game? Oh, don't even don't even start with that one. Let's see what the Cowboys schedule you know looks like. Coming. It I mean, is coming. It it's inevitably coming. You now, know this is coming. You got to get you got to play him. I mean, you were on the pod. You were talking about the, we got to play him. We got to play him now. Here's your chance. Call Jerry. <laughs> you know we got to play. We we Femi, you have to see what we have. You got to see it, man. You got to see it. So I think you got to be really excited. I know I'm excited. I know when I saw this trade, oh, I, put a, I, I, I actually a, didn't a see smile it. Bill Berman texted to me. I didn't. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see this. You know, I, what I'm really excited is all the people that bet Lance to be the MVP <laughs> if they can go get their refund now. <laughs> can you cash out of that bet? Teams. Yeah, can you cash out? Uh, oh, you I, I should have asked TG that. I wanted to ask him that. I looked this morning. You on, you're not going to get your money back then, I guess, huh? <laughs> no, I didn't bet it. I looked this morning on DraftKings oh, right. just for the giggles to see what Trey Lance's odds were. And if they've moved, they haven't moved at DraftKings. He's still 50 to 1 if anybody wants to go ahead and bet him there, which I mean, at that it's point. It's amazing. I've never seen it before. <laughs> it's really remarkable how it's, it's when you have momentum behind you. 
you know, mm-hmm. and when people signed off, and I think a lot of it was the analytical community did too. I was reading on, on somewhere, I mean, Dorian Thompson, uh, Robinson Thompson, uh, you know, I think he's got like a thousand more passes in it. You know, they both came out in the same same high school class. Yeah. No, right? Interesting And, stuff. I mean, he's played way more than, than, you know, than Lance has. And for whatever reason, you know, for whatever reason. But I think sometimes you have to look past the, 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 the transaction. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got Baldy, so here we go. Well, we'll yeah. ask Baldy. Well, well, let's ask Brian Baldinger, NFL Network analyst, joining us right now here on the Lombardi Line. Baldy, we appreciate you taking the time to join us this morning. Let's continue the conversation. Trey Lance traded to the Dallas Cowboys for a fourth-round draft pick. When you watched Lance in preseason on the film, what did you see, and how do you think he fits in with Dallas? Well, he's rusty. He hadn't played football. You guys were just talking about him, you know, comparing him to – Dorian Thompson Robinson, who started 40 games at UCLA, um, just played a lot of football. And so he was rusty. I mean, he was, he was late. Um, he doesn't see the field particularly well. I mean, he had three balls that should have been intercepted. Uh, in fact, his one touchdown pass he threw was bounced right off the defender's hands against the Raiders. But I just think that right now, you know, he just hasn't played. And But I'm not – I don't really feel like – they should have put a for sale sign in his yard either. Like, I, I don't understand giving him away because you can see some talent. Like when he does see things, I mean, he's got a cannon for an arm and uh, he's really athletic and he's strong. Like I, you know, if one thing that we know from the 49ers is you better have two or three quarterbacks ready to go uh, throughout a season. And uh, Sam Darnold has never shown that he could stay healthy. He's been injured throughout his career and he's playing well, but, the same token, I just didn't understand the need to move them. They've got them under contract, and to give them away for a fourth-round pick, I didn't really understand the move. Baldy, you know, you watch all these tapes. I see you on Instagram breaking them down. They're tremendous. Uh, what team have you seen this summer where you said, wait a minute, they're better than I thought they were going to be just in terms of their execution? Well, I think you have to be impressed by what the Giants are doing, Mike. I mean, they're doing it the right way. They're, they added some really key pieces. I mean, even getting, you know, uh, you know, the player they just picked up in a trade with Arizona. Like, I just think that you give Wink the pieces that he has, especially on the defensive front right now. With, and then you look at the two rookie corners and how they're playing and executing and how Daniel Jones, they could have thrown the ball to, Darren Waller all the way down the field to start the game the other day. They almost did. I mean, I just think that's going to be a team that you have to look out for. They look better. I think Washington looks better, Mike. Uh, you know, they can complain yeah. about, the players can complain about, you know, uh, what how the coaching style of BB is, but they look a lot better. I mean, just much more precise in what they're trying to do offensively. I just think coaching matters in the way EB was coaching. I think that's what they needed. Yeah, Washington is a team that we've been high on here on this show throughout the offseason. Yeah, Baldy, I think Sam Howell looks good. I mean, I think Sam Howell is legit. I think he's got a chance to be a good player. I really do. I'm not saying he's going to go to the Pro Bowl. I'm just saying I think he's going to be an improvement over what they had last year. I would agree with that, Mike. I mean, he looked good the other day, and he's got enough help around him. And they're putting together a pretty good offensive line up front. And, you know, they want to run the ball. And so I just think, you know, you look at what they have on the edges and they've got some really good talent out there. And he looks like he knows how to, you know, play point guard and get these guys, you know, whether it's McCall or whoever it is, like he knows how to get these guys the ball, but they've got enough help around them right now where they look like they're a legitimate offense. I mean, you got to remember now, this is a team that beat Philadelphia for the first time last year when they were 8-0. And the Eagles were so worried about how they beat them. They went out and picked up two defensive linemen the next day to make sure it doesn't happen again. And so I think, I think they look a lot better just from a precision standpoint, execution standpoint right now. And, and Sam's a big part of that, Mike. We're speaking with Brian Baldinger here, NFL Network analyst. You can check him out on Twitter, at NFL. He does Baldy's breakdowns. Well, I saw Baldy this morning that you were breaking down last night's Panthers 
Lions game from the preseason here. What do you make of Bryce Young in the first three weeks of this preseason and this Panthers offense? I know the offensive line has been much maligned throughout training camp and throughout the preseason. Do you think Bryce Young will be set up to have success in year one in Carolina? Well, they got to protect him a lot better than they have. I mean, he threw one touchdown pass to Thielen last night. It was a good throw. When he's given time, he's what we kind of expect him to be, but he hasn't had much of it. I think Ikuanu has struggled at left tackle. I think they thought that that was a lockdown position of theirs. The only offensive lineman that has not been in there with Bryce Young is the right guard, Austin Corbett, and they're, they're playing a rookie, Chandler Zavala, right there. But they have not played well up front. And that's a concern because Bryce Young has taken a lot of hits already, and it's just preseason. And so I just worry about his frame when he gets hit by some of these monsters that he's going to get hit by. they got to play a lot better than what they have thus far. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, that, that offensive line, and James Campen had it going last year, but it's not going this year so far to me from, from what we've seen you know, in terms of where they are. I know you're based in Philly, and, you know, Philly looks like, to me, when you watch their backups play, that they're still going to be a hard team to beat for any team in the NFC. You agree, Baldy? Yeah, I do. They're deep, Mike. I've seen them a bunch this preseason. I saw them scrimmaging against the Browns. You know, everybody approaches preseason differently. Nick Sirianni literally puts these guys in bubble wrap and really doesn't play them. Um, even even the young guys, I think you need to play like Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. They're not really playing. Um, they're not really doing much in scrimmages either. Like they're just getting ready for New England Week One, and so. But they're they're good. They're, they're really good, Mike. I mean, this AJ Brown, um, you know, he's just a difference maker. There's not many guys like this in the league. He's 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 like a TO, a modern day TO right now. His work ethic, his explosion, what he can do after the catch. You put that with everything else they have. I mean, I think they're going to be a really good, a good offense, and they should be good on defense as well. All right. He is Brian Baldinger, NFL Network analyst. Check him out on Twitter, at BaldyNFL. Baldy, we appreciate Thanks, the Baldy. time, man. Be well. Yeah, you bet, Mike. Anytime, guys. Thanks, buddy. I'll talk to you. All right. That is Brian Baldinger. Obviously, high on the Philadelphia Eagles. How could you not be with the talent that they have on that roster? But also... High on the commanders like we have been throughout this offseason. We'll react to what Baldi had to say on the other side and wrap up the show. This is the Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to, to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the Lombardi line here on a Saturday morning presented by BetMGM. Femi Abebefe alongside Michael Lombardi. A fun show that we've had over these couple of hours. Thank you to all four of our guests. Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime and the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast. Thank you to Carl Jack Johnson, the sportsbook director at the Beau Rivage. And thank you to Thomas Gable, racing sportsbook director at the Borgata. And then, of course, thank you to Brian Baldinger, NFL Network analyst. Uh, all four of them helped us uh, have a fun show here over these couple hours here. But before we go further, let's give out our pro tip. And this one has to do with college football. It's week zero. Everyone's excited, but maybe tread carefully with these totals and take week zero to sort of assess how this new rule with the clock no longer stopping after first downs works into the pace, into the scoring that we've seen in the past. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got to, right? I mean, I think what TG said, the coaches are going to adjust. They're going to try to get more plays in. But remember, college football is <clears throat> look to the sideline, get the play, look at those ridiculous cards, and then <laughs> let's start running. But you still, there's still things you have to do. There's checklists you have to go through before you can actually do that, right? I mean, a lot of times you come out in the formation, you, the coach wants to see what the defense is aligned in, then they, put, then they point to the card that they want to go, and then they go check with me with what mm -hmm. they want to do at the line of scrimmage. So... I do think it's going to slow the game down, and I do think it's going to affect the line. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have my eye on this thing and see if, if unders go maybe 8-1 and one or something like that, then maybe that's something that we should apply into week number one because I think you will see a big adjustment with the week one totals if we see a lot of these games go under due to the new clock rule. So keep that in mind when you're betting these college football totals. Um, we have, Michael, this weekend at Circa, the contest sign-up weekend. I was, a lot of folks are out here yeah. to sign up for the contest, Circa Survivor, Circa Million. As of now, I just looked here this morning, there have been 4,745 people who have signed up for the Circa Survivor, 2,728 that have signed up for Circa Million. So we still have big overlays, more than $6 million combined in overlays with this competition. So I, it's a really a plus EV proposition here. I'm going to sign up next weekend. Obviously, we'll have some more people signing up all throughout this weekend today, tomorrow, and Monday, and all that sort. Uh, and more will sign up next weekend because the deadline to sign up is Saturday, September 9th. But, man, this is, this is good stuff here, man. I'm excited for the contest. I'm going to do the, both the millions and the survivor. Last year, I was on a team. Are you going to do survivor too? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'm doing survivor. I, I mean, I got burned in week five last year, but I got to go back and take another swing at the, at, at the plate here. And what, uh, what, what's going to be your week one pick, Femi? Well, I'm not going to reveal that now because there's a little bit of game theory to what we're doing. But I, let's just say that I've pivoted. Uh, let I've me pivoted. just give you this tip. The game theory in Survivor is survive. <laughs> and, and, like, all these game theories, those people that had the Colts with Frank Wright down uh -huh. there in Jacksonville two years ago, how'd that work out? It went poorly. It went poorly for a lot of people. Yeah. How about the people that yeah. had Frank Reich and the Colts last year against the Indian uh, against the Houston exactly. Texans it, when they tied? That went poorly. I think well. you got to stick. I think you, you got to go with what 
what you believe, you got to you got to be able to get to the next level, right? You got to get mm. to the next round. Yeah, you do. That to me is the theory. If you save teams, I think it becomes harder and it's easier to evaluate if you can get through September mm-hmm. in Survivor. And I, I I've never played Survivor, so I don't know, but I but I observe it and I watch it and I try to learn from it. It's mm-hmm. just like I do Circa Millions every week on Thursday I, I in my notebook I put the circa million numbers because I want to see what what the movement is but mm-hmm. I think to me what I've learned is if you can get through September in Survivor and then you've got a better chance of a you know the league better you know the yep. bad teams better and you can rely on that like I truly believe Arizona is going to be everybody's favorite because they're going to redo their team you know Baldy mentioned they traded Isaiah Simmons to the Giants Look, they're getting rid of guys. It doesn't matter if you were brought in from, you know, who was there. They're going to redo their locker room, and that could could really ultimately include Kyler Murray. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if they traded Kyler Murray as well. So here's my thought process on why I think you have to put a little game theory, especially in the first month of the season, is that we're right now, we're guessing, and it's an educated guess, but we are guessing as to who's really good and who's really bad. Because if you look back at last year, I mean, the, the Denver Broncos closed as six-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Seattle. If you fast-forward to January, everyone would say that's a crazy point spread. Like, Seattle's a better team. They're playing like a better team. Like, because right now we don't know who's actually – like, we have an idea. Okay, the Chiefs with Mahomes, yeah, they should be good. Like, Burrow and the Bengals, if, if he's healthy, they should be good. The Cardinals, we all think that they're going to be bad. But there's, like, about 26 teams or so that are in the middle there to where we have an idea – but we don't really know. We don't have the full data to get a grasp on actually how they're going to play to where maybe some of these seven-point favorites or six-point favorites, yeah, their guesses right now is that that's what we think the line should be, but maybe that shouldn't be the line. Maybe that game's actually a pick and we'll find that out in a couple of months. So that's why I, I don't think that you yeah. can just look at the point spreads and say, all right, let me just go with the seven-point favorite and then put that team in there, and that'll be my survivor choice because maybe that seven-point favorite isn't justified. Right, and I think you got to be careful with Suman too. Look, Kansas City lost lost last year in Indianapolis. Yep, remember that game? That was I think week three of the season. Week. That's why September is the most dangerous month because you even the good teams. I mean, you cited Cincinnati there. They start five and four, nine games mm-hmm. into the year. So if you played Cincinnati to be that easy team to win, they could have disappointed you. I think you just have to be really. You got to say, okay, I'm taking this in blocks. I got to get through September. I got to, you know, it's a little bit we're on to Cincinnati to borrow (laughs) Coach Belichick's line. You just got to get to the next week. Yeah. Hopefully you can get to October somehow. And like myself last year, I got to October, then I went with Jacksonville and they lost the Houston Texans. So that didn't really work out well for me. But I'm really excited. And and they had killed the Texans before. So you got to be careful too, right? I think sometimes – when we assume that a team's won a week one's game one, they're going to come back and dominate week two, right? Mm-hmm. And that, you know, the, the other team's playing hard too. I mean, think about last year, and I was talking about this with Elliot, our producer, yesterday. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers were absolutely killing people in Survivor. They were nine-and-a-half-point favorites on the road in Pittsburgh. They lose that game. Then the next week, they're 11-point favorites on the road in Carolina. They lose that game. And those were the games that were just knocking and wiped out so much of the field once we got to, like, week seven. Then we looked up and said, oh, there's only 125 people left because people were betting or taking the Buccaneers in those games. They took the Packers and the Sinatra special, the Giants-Jets back-to-back weeks, and they lost both those games as touchdown favorites. Like, we like I said, like we have ideas as to who's good, but that doesn't mean that has to come to fruition. Like this is there's a lot of landmines out there, especially in that first month of the season, to where that's what makes Survivor difficult, and that's what makes it a lot of fun to think about and do the exercise. Like I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm gonna get signed yeah, up that, this upcoming week. This is gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's what makes it so good. But again, you gotta be really I know there's strategy. I know Amal, he's got his strategy, and, mm-hmm. and Amal's been very good at the contest, but yeah. I think the way the league, the parity in the league, the 17 games, it makes it even more challenging because, you know, you, you got to just get get through it. There's some teams that are not playing that we think are great that are not playing their great yet. Mm-hmm. And so they're not automatically a slam dunk. And so I just would keep that in perspective. Yeah. Once again, the overlay for Survivor <laughs> right now 
is $3.255 million. And then the overlay for millions is $3.272 million. That'll obviously change throughout the rest of this weekend. Next weekend will be another big weekend for the signups. Once people get in town for college football week number one, that's a usually Labor Day weekend. Yeah. That's obviously a massive weekend in Las Vegas from a tourist standpoint. So uh, I'm sure those overlays, I don't like my, my prediction is I don't think we'll have an overlay in Survivor because everybody loves to play Survivor and do the exercise that we've been doing, talking about strategies the, and all that stuff. But it's the harder but one. But it's the hardest one. <laughs> yeah, it's the it's hardest the one. one. The picking five games a week now, that's no, that's no easy chore either. You're yeah. going to have to be 71 to 72 percent accurate to win you can't yeah. have an 0-5 week no you know you got to be really good and you have to have a method you have to really have a, a method to what you're doing to be able to do well in that tournament yeah stormy signed up you can talk to stormy about this tomorrow of course when you, you guys will be at, I mean, yeah yeah, yeah. It's a, she, well, she, we'll see what she's got up her sleeve tomorrow yeah, she'll be out there with the contest. She's signed up for both the Millions and the Survivor. I will be doing that later on this week, but it's going to be a lot of fun this upcoming football season, which is two weeks from tomorrow, the first Sunday in the National Football League. That does it for us here on the Lombardi Line. Thank you to you, Michael Lombardi. Thank you to our producer, Elliot Bowman. Thank you to the guys behind the glass. We wish all of you the best of luck. Coming up next is The Handle with Matt Brown and Mike Somich here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.